You're listening to Frankie Boy Radio. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Letting America take a deep breath. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 376 of Frankie Boy Radio. Tonight we have episode 27 of Dr. Electro. I'm your host, Josh Urban. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've been having a good week so far and hope you had a nice weekend. It's the start of Holy Week for many people. It was Passover for many others. Uh, hope everybody's been, been finding meaning and nice period of reflection, as I heard somebody say recently. So now uh, there's stories about getting palm leaves for Palm Sunday. But I'm not exactly sure if it's suitable for this podcast. So we'll have to tell you that some other time. But uh, anyway, not as easy as one would think. Not as easy as one would think. But on to other things. <laughs> Maybe when the book comes out someday. So now let's get into Dr. Electro. Previously on Dr. Electro, the Jumper Cable Boys get ready to deploy to the fray. And Oscar mixes his metaphors to the confusion of his guests. This is Dr. Electro, episode XXVII. Move him out. Pierre's eyes widened, and he was annoyed at himself for that. Here he was, an international agent and a rather cynical one at that, used to causing mischief and mayhem. Yet the Americans surprised him at nearly every turn, loath as he was to admit it. The garage, arena really, that stretched out before him was Texas big, great Hulking trucks, strange spindly service vehicles, gleaming cars, trailers, and even motorcycles waited with the menace of an army of giant metallic insects. It was at the motorcycle section that the company arrived, and Pierre's annoyance at himself rose again. It had been years since he was on a bike, and in this weather, too. But head him up, move him out, and a peal of mechanical thunder rumbled the rafters of the garage. The fog and mist bit his grumbly face as the jumper cable boys rolled into the blackness. Twisting streets greeted their searching headlights, and the unnatural dark of a city without light lent an ominous feel to the autumnal chill. Something was brewing, and he was right. Suddenly, the lead bike pulled over, the rest of the gang following suit. We'll walk in from here, boys, the lead man said. Cassandra was the only one who seemed happy with the situation. And just think, soon it will be Christmas, and you know there's bound to be trouble with the Iceman then, she said, mostly to herself, relishing the chaos that was never in short supply. The company crept down the block, lit only by the occasional lamplight out of a meager window. And there, rising up in dominion over the other buildings, a tower of sorts, the tower, with a flickering blue dancing on the window. An electric dragon lurked, and ozone stung the air. Meanwhile, Oscar, annoyed that his train of thought had been derailed by the triviality of a mixed metaphor, bottom rung or bottom of the rung, scowled and sipped his tea in mock patience. Suddenly, as he realized the tapping sound in the distance was steadily growing louder, he slammed his cup down China rattling on the table. The arguing orphans, Electro, and the whole crew snapped to attention. What is it? He's starting. 
Starting what? Murphy chimed in, his socialite brain way past overloaded. Just a few hours earlier, he had been comfortably bored, and now he was smack in the middle of battling, well, he wasn't even sure. His plans, dear boy, his plans. We must stop him. Snatching up a tool belt, Oscar bade his guests to follow him. And the orphans? Secure them here. To be continued. Have a great evening, ladies and gents, and I will see you tomorrow. Good night.